Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Tiff Jean pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. Right? He's a sports he's editor. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in the profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers... Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. Dare I say it? The Bulls are back. It was quite the week. For the Chicago Bulls and Arturis Karnaschobis, and I have a lot of thoughts. I actually interrupted my vacation a couple times to do an emergency podcast for my weekly podcast, Believe in Bulls on the Believe Podcast Network, and we've got a lot to get to this week on the Sunday Sports Shootout on WLUW 88.7 FM. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. It is so great to be back with you and back from vacation as well, and we have a lot of good to talk about and also something that... I expected, but didn't expect, and now we need to discuss all regarding the Bulls. And I'm going to get right to it. This should be a top five team in the Eastern Conference right now. The Bulls went out and got their point guard, the guy I've been calling for now since January, in Lonzo Ball, a four-year, $85 million contract. They also got a backup point guard in Alex Caruso, who signed a four-year, $37 million contract. And then they pulled off a sign-and-trade for DeMar DeRozan from the San Antonio Spurs. And they're paying him four years, $87 million. They found the guys they wanted. They went and got them. And Arturis Karnaschovas might have gotten his hand caught in the cookie jar as well. I will talk about that in a little bit. But let's start with the free agency haul. That was as good a start to free agency as you can get for Arturis Karnaschovas, Mark Eversley, and the Chicago Bulls. They were locked on Lonzo Ball at the trade deadline. New Orleans wanted draft capital. AK wouldn't give it to him. Instead, turned it into Nikola Vucevic. And even in the offseason, he managed to get his guy in Lonzo. So now we can all quit complaining that the Bulls don't have a point guard because they absolutely do now. They have Lonzo Ball, who turned in a really good year this year. He has gotten better every year, it seems like. He's on the up and up. He's going to be 24 years old. I keep talking about the total 180 I've done on Lonzo. 
And when I say that, I mean when he was in the draft, I wanted nothing to do with him at all. And here I am now celebrating his coming to the Chicago Bulls. And the Bulls have a point guard. And then they made a move that made my jaw drop when I saw the tweet notification, because I'm a freak like that. I have tweet notifications on for Woj and Shams. When I saw the alert come over from Woj that the Bulls were signing Alex Caruso. The Caruso is coming to Chicago. Now, Caruso does not put up the... I'll say he he doesn't put up the sexiest numbers in the world, but he can play defense. He's a great defender. He can shoot. He He doesn't score a lot. But that's not why you went and got him. You went and got him for his defense. His defense and his scoring. And then the other one, we'd heard the rumors about it, and it was one of those, is it a pie-in-the-sky idea? They pulled it off. Bulls land DeMar DeRozan. Mark Eversley had a hand in that. More on that in a second. I'm telling you, top five. There should be a top five team in the East. That is my bar. I want to say top four. But Miami's gotten that much better that I'm going to lower it maybe to top five. Because Miami went out and got Kyle Lowry. They still got Jimmy Butler. They brought Duncan Robinson back. They still got Bam Adebayo. I think top five in the East. And do not back into the playoffs through the play-in tournament. No. Make the playoffs as a top five team in the East. It is the Eastern Conference. There's no reason that a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Patrick Williams, and Nikola Vucevic should make the play-in tournament. They should bypass the play-in tournament, be a top-five team in the East. Let's look at how each player fits in here. Lonzo, as I said, he can pass. He can shoot. He improved his shooting tremendously this year after he fixed that wacky little shot of his that he came in with out of college. And he's a good defender. So now you have defense at the point guard position as well. I just talked about Caruso's defense and his shooting ability. He won't score in volume, but he can shoot. DeMar DeRozan is the one that people are asking about. They're wondering, how does he fit into this Bulls team He's the big question. Well, before I get to that, a weird fit like DeMar, per se. Let's say a weird fit. But you still went out and got a guy who scored 20 points a game eight straight years. This is how a big market team is supposed to operate. You're supposed to get the big names. You're supposed to attract the big names. You should be able to go out and get your guys like you're doing now. You went and got, you were locked on Lonzo. Guess what? You went and got him. You were locked on DeRozan. You went and got him. From there, you find a fit. And I think they have found a fit. He's not a big three-point shooting threat. He's more of an old-school scorer from the mid-range. But he can still score 20 points a game as he's done eight years in a row. Four-time All-Star. And from the sounds of it, this was... Zach Levine's guy. It really sounds like Zach had a big role in bringing DeRozan to Chicago. And I believe I read that in a Joe Cowley article at the Sun-Times. So that's one of Zach's guys. 
and Mark Eversley had the connection. This is from KC Johnson over at NBC Sports Chicago. When Mark Eversley came in last year as GM of the Bulls, he was quoted, in case he quotes him here, quote, I think one of the things that I bring to the table is my ability to build strong relationships with other executives and agents around the league, but particularly with players. Eversley and DeRozan spent four seasons together when Eversley worked in the Toronto Raptors organization and DeRozan served not only as the face of the franchise, but of a country's love for basketball. By all accounts, they developed a strong bond. Now here's this. And multiple sources said Eversley proved instrumental in the Bulls' pursuit of the four-time All-Star, which comes on the heels of the Bulls' big first day of free agency that landed Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. I don't believe it's in this story, but I did read that Eversley flew out and talked to DeMar DeRozan. This front office gets it. This front office understands what it takes to build a winning team. It's about those relationships. It's about the ability to go out and get those guys, to be aggressive. When you lock in on a guy to go get him, it is so refreshing to see this. And they're not doing this under the salary cap. They're doing sign-in trades. In order to get Lonzo Ball, the Bulls are giving up Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick. I thought that was a freaking steal. For DeRozan, it costs a little more. Bad Young, Al Farouk Aminu, a first round, a future first-round pick, and I believe a second-rounder was in there as well. So it's a little steeper price. But you know what? If you want to speed up this rebuild, this team is now a playoff team. It took one year of evaluation for AK to go out there and be like, okay, let's go get this guy, this guy, this guy. And they did it. And am I the only one who didn't see the Caruso move coming? I mean, I had I, I like to think I'm on Twitter quite a bit. And I like to think I'm in touch with what the rumors are. Never once did I even think of Alex Caruso to the Bulls, let alone hear about it. What? difference a year and a half makes a year and a half ago we were talking about Gar Foreman and John Paxson how they're going to drive this team into the ground Jim Boylan was the coach it was terrible the product on the court was terrible the off-court drama was awful Michael Reinsdorf finally came to his senses and realized he had to modernize he had to shake up the front office he had to bring in an outsider and let them do their thing Sounds like he opened the pocketbook and said, take what you need. Lonzo Ball is a Chicago Bull. DeMar DeRozan is a Chicago Bull. Alex Caruso is a Chicago Bull. And they're still not done. Lowry Markkinen is still a restricted free agent. I don't know where he's going. I thought he was going to go to Charlotte. There was steam picking up there. But then Charlotte went out and got Kelly Oubre. So I think Charlotte is out of the equation. But either way, what a start to free agency. The season starts in October. It's going to be awesome seeing a basketball team that I want to watch, that I willingly will turn on, that I will not turn up. Be like, okay, these guys suck. I'm going to go turn on whatever football game's on, whatever college basketball game's on, whatever movie's on. It got that bad. Pete 
Jim Boylan where I would turn on a movie I'd seen 50 times before I'd watch a Bulls game. This is awesome. And I'm really happy with how free agency went. Well, let me let me walk that back a little bit. I was really happy with how free agency went. Until yesterday. Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelbourne are reporting that the NBA has opened up two tampering investigations. One is into Miami with Kyle Lowry. And Miami announced that signing, by the way. Kyle Lowry has been announced that he's joining the Heat. The second tampering investigation is into the Lonzo Ball sign-in trade. Now, for context here, because I know not everybody listening is an NBA fan, NBA junkie, even a sports junkie. What is tampering? Basically, and I'm oversimplifying it, but it's it's a Cliff Notes version. Free agent negotiations couldn't start until 5 p.m. Central Time on Monday, August 2nd. If any contact or any, if anything is done before that to speed up a deal, that is tampering. That's what the NBA considers tampering. LeBron James does this all the time, but I'm not going to go there right now. Casey Johnson put out a really good article today, kind of asking some questions about this investigation. Now, I've been, I've been talking about this all day yesterday. Went out with my friends last night, and I have friends in town who know I do a Bulls podcast, and some of them are actually nice enough to listen to it, and... They always they talk NBA with me. Well, I'm talking one of them. He's like, okay, what do you, what do you think about this? Like, what do I make of this investigation? I don't even know what tampering is. I I don't know. That's the big question. I don't know. <laughs> never never had to worry about it with the Bulls. Gar Foreman and John Paxson say what you want about them. They never tampered. They were always caught on their heels. They never ever tampered, or at least not to my knowledge. They never. They, let me think of the best way to word this. That way, I don't need to get fact checked or anything. They went out of their way to make sure they didn't tamper on purpose. How's that? That was kind of the punchline with Garpax. Was they were always kind of a wait and see team. That way, you don't have what's happening now. But it's the modern NBA tampering happens and the NBA picks and chooses what they want to investigate into. But again, I don't want to get in on that soapbox right now. So KC put out this really good article today on NBCSportsChicago.com. And it's asking these questions and they're very relevant questions. Uh, the first one he's got. Doesn't this type of stuff happen often? Why are the Bulls and Heat being singled out? NKC writes, every year reporters break news of verbal agreements on deals as soon as free agency begins. The difference in most cases is that those are straight signings in the team's salary cap space or to return to their current teams. And he brings up the ridiculous Cristiano Felicio contract that broke early in 2017. The difference with this, and I'm paraphrasing what Casey's writing, the difference with this Lonzo deal is it was not a straight Signing from Lonzo to the Bulls. It's a sign and trade. So KC writes, sign and trade transactions are typically more complex. They involve 
not only a team receiving a verbal commitment from a player on a contract, but also two teams agreeing on compensation to complete the package. So that's what makes the sign-in trade a little different. And this question that's also gotten brought up a lot, I've seen. Didn't teams hold trade talks centered on Ball in March? Casey writes, yes, but in those conversations, Lowry Markkinen stood at the centerpiece of the package offered to the Pelicans. And while surely other compensation could have been and likely was discussed, Markkinen's non-inclusion in the trade package initially reported as free agency opened a red flag. Also, don't call me Shirley. But let me read that again. Markkinen's non-inclusion in the trade package initially reported as free agency opened raised a red flag. So basically, if this sign-in trade would have gone the way I know I wanted it to, the way we all wanted it to, Lowry Marketing would be on the Pelicans. That didn't happen. So now the league's going to go through its investigation. And here's what some of the penalties could be. Could have fines up to $10 million because Adam Silver just signed these into, I guess, I don't want to say sign these into law, but these are, he signed off on these in 2019. Fine up to 10000 or 10000 $10 million. Suspensions for executives. A forfeiture of draft picks. Or even the voiding of the deal. And KC writes, at this point, most league observers would be surprised if either deal was voided. The Heat already have announced its acquisition of Lowry, but the sign-and-trade compensation could change, particularly in the case of the Bulls, who have yet to formally announce their acquisition of Ball. And how long will this take? The league took close to a month to finalize its investigation into the Bucks situation with Bogdan Bogdanovich. With the NBA set to get back on track after two seasons of its calendar being upended by the COVID pandemic, Teams are scheduled to report to training camp in late September. All parties involved will have their answers before then. So, a couple things. Number one, I didn't realize how serious this was. Like, I thought this was one of those things, oh, the NBA is being the NBA, nothing's really going to come about it, I'm not too worried about it. The thing I didn't fully, I don't want to say understand, but the, the thing I was looking for in that article from KC is... What if they found, okay, they didn't tamper, they're all good. I mean, is that, does that happen? Has that ever happened? I don't know. But yeah, AK, got to watch himself already. Because I, I thought, so I, hear me out. So as I'm getting set for the show today, I'm thinking through how I want to talk about this. The investigation, everything. I came this close. I mean, I had I had the button clicked. I was this close to pulling the theme song to Magnum PI while I talked about all this, but I didn't do it because it's cheesy. Here I am, twenty three years old, and wanting to pull the theme song to Magnum PI. I love that show, but I'm gonna do my own little mini investigation live on the air. The phrasing from Sham Sharania's tweet. Breaking the news of Lonzo to the Bulls. It was the very first move of free agency to leak out on social media. The phrasing of the tweet, and this is word for word, direct quote. 
Lonzo Ball has agreed to a four-year, $85 million deal with the Chicago Bulls. CEO of Clutch Sports, Rich Paul, tells the Athletic Stadium. Okay, that's the phrasing. No mention of a sign-in trade. That is the phrasing of the tweet. Then, 5.03 p.m., David Aldridge at The Athletic writes, per source, veteran guard Garrett Temple will be going to the New Orleans Hornets, which pretty sure he meant the New Orleans Pelicans, on a three-year deal with first two years guaranteed at $5 million per. Again, that's word for word, and he meant the Pelicans, not the New Orleans Hornets. That's, that was hilarious. I didn't even catch it on the initial tweet. 5.07. Shams. Friend of the show chimes in. The Chicago Bulls are sending Tomas Sadoransky, Garrett Temple, and a second-round pick to New Orleans for Lonzo Ball, who's signing a four-year $85 million contract. Sources tell the Athletic Stadium. So, that's what leaked out on Twitter. Now, the big thing here is that Rich Paul was the one who gave Shams the info about the contract, and it wasn't anonymous. It was not an anonymous source. It was Rich Paul. So, looking at that, looking into what we know, looking at those timestamps, whatever, could the Bulls have feasibly... Gotten a verbal agreement on the contract. Now, one thing I haven't looked up, and maybe someone can answer this for me, I haven't seen it, is the four-year $85 million the max for a sign-and-trade? That's what I don't know. But given that that came out at 5, and the sign-and-trade details leaked at 5.07, could it be possible... For AK to have called up New Orleans and hammered out that deal in seven minutes. Now, these are just the timestamps of when they were tweeted. The NBA can randomly audit executives, agents, cell phones, emails, text messages, phone calls, whatever. It's going to be really interesting to see how this unfolds. I don't know what's going to happen. But it's going to be a... I think it's going to be a decent storyline going into training camp, that's for sure. But let's put this aside. You know what the big takeaway should be? The Bulls are back. They're being aggressive. They're getting the big names. They're doing what they should do. The Bulls are back. They kicked off free agency. And it wasn't an obscene contract for Cristiano Felicio like it was in 2017. It was Lonzo freaking Ball. Their top target, in my opinion. It's amazing. 
I got a DM here I got to get to, but first I do have to acknowledge my dad chiming in. When you fail, who cares if you tamper? When I was talking about Gar Pax and their apparent inability to tamper, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Daryl chimes in. Daryl Horowitz, former host of the show, chimes in from Charlotte, home of the Hornets. Daryl says, hey, Nick, how good do you think the Bulls can be with their trades? And do you like how much of their draft capital they gave up since drafting is supposed to be AK strong suit? Realistically, they're not a top six team to me, though they should be in the playoff mix. I think these trades help for the short term, but I think it holds them back in the long term from ever actually competing for a title. Well, Daryl, always good to hear from you, my friend. Let's, I'm going to pull up the standings from last year. I think we can all agree Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, category of their own. That's your top three in the East. And that was in order last year. One to three. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Obviously, Milwaukee won the title. Are the Bulls better than the Knicks? Yeah. I think so. The Heat got better. So I think you could put the Heat maybe where the Knicks are. Maybe put them fourth. Daryl, I know you're going to disagree with me on this one, but I'm going to say it. I think the Bulls are better than the Hawks. I think they're better than the Celtics. I think they're better than the Wizards. They're better than the Pacers. They're better than the Hornets. Those are all the teams that were ahead of the Bulls in the standings this past year. So I think they're a top five team in the East. Look, Atlanta's a good team. Trey Young, I know Daryl, I know that's one of your guys. I know that. We had that conversation many a time when we hosted the show together. Trey Young's great. I don't know if they're better than the Bulls. The Bulls have a point guard now. We saw flashes last year of what this team could look like. I mean, Tomas Sadoransky was capable of running the point, but it wasn't great. Now, you also cannot go solely off last year's 31-41 and 41 record for the Bulls because they went out and got Nikola Vucevic midway through the year in the middle of a West Coast road trip and they couldn't practice. And Billy Donovan has said it was tough to adjust the scheme on the fly. Because when you're going from Wendell Carter Jr. down low, Wendell Carter Jr. to Nikola Vucevic midway through the year, yeah, it's going to be a tough adjustment. So I think with this full offseason, Nikola Vucevic is in the scheme. You don't have to worry about a mid-year adjustment like that. You've got your point guard in Lonzo. You've got another playmaker in DeMar DeRozan. You've got a backup point guard in Alex Caruso. You bolstered your defense with Lonzo and Caruso. I think Patrick Williams takes a big step forward this year as well. Yeah, I think they're a top five team in the Eastern Conference. I was originally going to say top four, but Miami got that much better with Kyle Lowry coming in that I'm going to say, okay, I think the Bulls are top five. I think Atlanta's number six. Uh, Daryl again chimes in after I go back to my Twitter here. 
It's always wink-wink is how you can have a deal immediately after it starts if you never talked and wouldn't other teams be involved. It's really a joke regarding that, as well as letting players theoretically making deals to play together and the NBA says they can't do anything with players. Not close to better than the Hawks, and the Hawks are much better set up to win a championship in the future. Lonzo Ball is an improvement, but he's better open court than half court, not close to Trey offensively, either scoring or passing. See, Atlanta's young. I think you're... I'm not talking about better setup to win a championship in the future. I'm talking the 2021-2022 season. I'm talking next year. The Bulls are the better team next year. Now, long term, this lineup does worry me. Long term, I have concerns. Because you've got two guys on the wrong side of 30 in DeRozan and Vucevic. But you know what? If you can get the most out of them right now, go for it. I say it again. You're a big market team. I don't want to hear about big market teams tanking. And this isn't any sport, mind you. Tom Ricketts seems to be taking notes right now. Because this is how a big market team operates. Arturus Karnashov has turned this roster around in 16 months. And in doing so, he picked up Two All-Stars in DeRozan and Vucevic. He picked up a future All-Star in Lonzo and Patrick Williams. He also got Alex Caruso, lockdown defender. I mean, I'm not thinking five years down the road right now. This team, AK has set up, is playing for the playoffs next year. Is Atlanta better set up to win a championship in the future? I could see that argument because they're young. The Bulls are trying to do this sooner than later. My bar is top five. Anything less than that, I'm going to be very disappointed. We're hit the bottom of the hour. I want to remind you you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout on WLUW 88.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, Chicago. I'm broadcasting to you from where I've been broadcasting to you from for the last year now, in Dwight, Illinois, the comfort of my home. If you want to chime in on this conversation, we're talking Bulls. we got some baseball talk to come up, maybe some football toward the end. Chime in on my Twitter at NickSchultz underscore 7. Slide into my DM. Shoot me a tweet. However you want to go about it. I won't give my number out there, but feel free to text me if you're one of my friends and you have my number. There's one other fact that I'm passing over here. The Bulls now have two gold medalists on their roster this year. Zach Levine won a gold medal this year. United States beat France the other night. Kevin Durant, holy cow. I see why they're calling him Captain America. Steve Rogers did it better, but we won't go there right now. United States beat France. U.S. won a gold medal. DeMar DeRozan won a gold medal in Rio in 2016. So now you've got two gold medalists in your starting in your projected starting lineup this year in what should be your starting lineup this year. This was also a really great recruiting opportunity for Zach. Yeah, thank you to my sister who just texted me saying, nobody top Steve Rogers. You're right. John Walker's a fraud. Okay, back on topic. I'm sorry, back on topic. It was a great recruiting opportunity for Zach to get in some of these guys' ears. 
and tell maybe just mention like, oh yeah, Chicago is great because this is where I'm bringing it back to the whole tampering thing. The NBA is ridiculous about tampering. These guys on the U.S. national team, Zach Levine, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, uh, who else was out there? Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, all those guys, they talk. Do you know what the biggest thing about Zach going on to the men's national basketball team and competing in the Olympics? It was not all about the fact that he's going to Tokyo to represent his country. I mean, that was a big part of it. But the other part of it, everybody everybody who follows the NBA close enough, they're their ears lit up. They're like, ooh, recruiting. Because he's talking to these guys. He can tell them, oh, Arturis is, I like Arturis a lot. He's doing a really good job. Just saying. Now, he can't He can't go out there and say, hey, Bradley, you're, come come to Chicago, man. Like, get out of Washington. Come to Chicago. Ask for a trade in Chicago. No, that, that would be blatant tampering. But he can give subtle hints or he can just get in those guys' ears like, yeah, you know, Billy Donovan, I love playing for Billy. He's a great coach. Blah, blah, blah. Make it give the sales pitch. You know, I took a, I took a marketing class in school at kind of the PR side of things. And you can kind of make that PR pitch as well. Like, you, you, there's a lot of opportunity there. But congratulations to Zach on winning a gold medal. Now go get a ring. Another note here from Daryl. With health, I think Atlanta has the better record next year, though the Bulls should be much better. Playoffs, yes, but the only way they can win is if in two years Embiid comes to the Bulls after Vucevic leaves. The only chance to actually have a chance to compete for a title. <laughs> Embiid comes to the Bulls. I don't I don't think he's ever leaving Philly. I shouldn't say that. There's, there's no such thing as lifers in sports anymore. I'm going to take that back. I don't think he leaves Philly without a big price. That would cost you, I would say that cost you Zach Levine. Here's the other thing with this roster composition. And I know I'm 35 minutes into the show and I'm still talking basketball, but there's just so much to talk about here. The thing with Zach Levine, with this lineup you got, with these guys you got, this free agency, he's going into a contract year. You're building this team for Zach. Zach is one of you, he's your building block. You're building this around Zach. I'm tired of the trade rumors. Oh, Ben Simmons for Zach Levine. Give me a break. First of all, I want nothing to do with Ben Simmons to begin with because he's terrible. Second of all, I would not give up the star player. Well, the top building block in the rebuild for Ben Simmons. No, it's stupid. Idiotic. No, absolutely not. That just triggered another thought. Is Zach Levine your number one guy now? I don't think he is on this team. You, I mean, he might be your number... Uh, is he even going to be your number one three-point shooter with Lonzo there? I mean, I you, you got Vooch. You got DeRozan. You got Lonzo. I don't know if Zach's your number one guy now. Actually, I can say it with confidence. He's not your number one guy. I've said all along, he's not a number one. He's maybe a solid two. But I don't know if he's a number one guy on this team. He's been your building block. 
That's just something else to think about this year. But I go back to it. Congratulations to him on the gold medal. He got good minutes in Tokyo. And I hope he got in some guys' ears. Now go home and readjust to our time zone and go out and try to be a top five team in the East this year. That's my bar. I'm not lowering it. And maybe I've got the bar set too high. Maybe I'm out here trying to speak something into existence that might not happen. Maybe maybe my expectations are too high for this team this year. But you know what? That's just a bummer. In my mind, you don't go get Lonzo, DeRozan, Caruso if you're trying to, oh, well, maybe make the play-in tournament. It would be seven seed, make the play-in. No. No, no, no. You're in the Eastern Conference. Make the damn playoffs. Don't back into them. Make them. There is a difference between backing into the playoffs and making the playoffs. I want to talk some baseball. Because I have thoughts. Cubs and White Sox run Sunday Night Baseball tonight. So the other day I'm seeing commercials for this. You know, they're advertising its Crosstown Series on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, 6 o'clock p.m. Sunday night, blah, 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 blah. And I'm watching this. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just kind of half paying attention. And I, every time I look up during the commercial, I see Wilson Contreras, Wilson Contreras. So I hit the rewind button. I won't get back to the start of the commercial. I counted. ESPN's commercial advertising Cubs White Sox had seven Wilson Contreras appearances and two Patrick Wisdom appearances. Because this ad, I saw it last Sunday, August 1st, was the day, two days, after Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrough got traded, and three days after Anthony Rizzo got traded. The only name people know is Wilson Contreras. They also know Jason Hayward. I had this conversation with one of my best friends last night. He doesn't watch baseball that much. Like, he, he'll watch it, but he doesn't, like, keep up with it close. And he turns to me, he's like, I don't even know who I can tell you is on the Cubs anymore. Now they traded Rizzo, Baez, Bryant. And I turned to him, like, you've heard of Wilson Contreras? Yep. You've heard of Jason Hayward? Yep. You've heard of Kyle Hendricks? Yep. I'm like, okay, those are the big three. What about Patrick Wisdom? No. David Bodie? No. Ian Happ? No. He's just a casual baseball fan. That's why Wilson Contreras is in that ad seven times. Meanwhile, the White Sox side had Tim Anderson. It had, I think I saw Loy Jimenez in there, maybe Carlos Rodon, maybe Lance Lynn. I didn't count the White Sox side. I was purely looking for how many times Wilson Contreras was in this ad. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's so, it's so hilarious it's sad. It really is. The Sox have won the first two games of this series. I'm going to try very, very hard to not talk about the bad beat I had in the first game of this series. But tonight on national TV, Sunday Night Baseball, the nation is going to see two teams that are much different than the last time they saw these two teams. You've got one team that's contending 
and in my opinion should be the favorite for the World Series. You've got another team that was forced to give up. The White Sox, in my mind, are the favorites or should be the favorites to win the World Series. The Cubs, they're throwing a baseball around. Their lineup went from Rizzo, Baez, Bryant to Frank Schwindel, Rafael Ortega, Austin Romine. I think I saw Greg Dykeman's up. <laughs> Again, it's so sad. You ha- you have to laugh through the tears. Like, I'm, I'm a lifelong Cubs fan. I've had people ask me, what do you think about the Cubs in the last week? I'm like, uh, go Bears. It sucks. I, I mean, I, I'm working tonight. At my usual Sunday shift at the bar. We're going to have Cubs socks on probably all the TVs. I don't know how close I'm going to watch. I don't know what shirt I'm going to wear. Because usually. Usually when there's a big Cubs game on national TV. Or at least I've done it all year. I'll break out my. Nomar Garcia Parra jersey. And wear that to work. Tonight I'm back and forth on. Wearing anything else. I don't know, because I'm just not excited for it. Also, speaking of one of those pieces that was traded, so before we came on the air, it's probably about a half hour, 45 minutes before we came on, news broke out of New York that Anthony Rizzo has tested positive for COVID-19. That means he can't play in the Field of Dreams game next week, can't play against the White Sox next week in Chicago. Now, I know people who would use this spot to be like, oh, well, he didn't get the shot, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to turn this into that. That's not my job. My job is out here talking sports. Anthony Rizzo is one of my favorite players. The only reason I'm bringing this up. I I hope he's all right. I hope he's healthy. He's a cancer survivor. So I just hope he's going to be all right. I hope it's not too serious. And yeah, that's all I'm really, I'm not going to go the other route. I've seen people on Twitter saying stuff and I'm not, that's not my job. But that was, I mean, it it is news. That's why I'm bringing it to you. But yeah, Anthony Rizzo's tested positive for COVID and we'll keep an eye on that. Again, hope he's well. Another piece that was traded at the deadline was Chris Bryant. And John Greenberg wrote in The Athletic that Chris Bryant, with the Giants, went up to Milwaukee. The Giants were playing the Brewers. And two reporters went to Milwaukee. John Greenberg at The Athletic and Gordon Wittenmeyer at NBC Sports Chicago, formerly the Sun-Times. And John wrote a story that he said KB was open and it was very, it was a very good interview. K 
and A. I guess it wasn't. A, it wasn't because it's weird. It wasn't a media scrum because there were two of them. That doesn't count as a media scrum in my eyes. But it wasn't an interview because there were two of them. So it was a good. We'll say media session. And the story that John wrote has a lot of good info. Like first, here's his lead. I'm just gonna read you his leads. First three paragraphs. It was about 10 minutes until the trade deadline, and Chris Bryant was confused. I heard some rumblings, but it was like, man, after three years of answering all the questions about being traded and stuff, and I'm not going to be the one who's traded? How'd that work out, he said Friday afternoon. It was his wife, Jessica, who first broke the news to him. And just as he was talking to her, Giants GM Scott Harris was calling him. Actually, I'm going to read even farther in this. In that viral video you saw, he was talking to Cubs president Jed Hoyer. But he already knew he was heading to San Francisco. It was Anthony Iaposi, the Cubs hitting coach, who made him tear up. He's crying like everybody's going away, Bryant said. That got me. You know, I was wondering who that was in that video. That video broke me. I was I couldn't tell if it was Post or I, I didn't know who it was. It, it was Anthony Iaposi. But yeah, that was that was John's hook, and that, that's just a really good lead going into my journalism side, of course. And farther down in the story, he brings up extension talks. And Jed Hoyer, <laughs> oh Jed, he went on ESPN 1000 this week. And he... Didn't exactly mince words. Here's what he said on Cap and Jay Hood. Quote, I don't want to address and he was oh let me give you context here. He was talking about extensions. Now I'm gonna read you the quote. I don't want to address any one of these individually because we said we wouldn't talk about extension talks publicly, lawyer said. I think it's in bad faith to do it now, but the only thing I'll say is while frustrating, I put my head on the pillow every night knowing we put our best foot forward. The extensions that we offered these guys will hold up exceptionally well, historically, against the open market. I don't know why guys didn't want to sign. I don't know why guys didn't want to even counteroffer at times, or oftentimes. I don't know. Because every one of these guys would say they wanted to stay in Chicago. We wanted to be a Cub. But then we would sit down and do negotiations. That wasn't how they acted. You've got that quote. You want to know what Chris Bryant said about it? I kind of felt like it was always out there. Like, hey, we're constantly trying to get an extension done and stuff like that, he said. And in reality, that didn't happen. There were conversations after 2016, and then after that, it was like nothing. I was always open to hearing, and I've always said that, but there just wasn't anything after that. According to John Greenberg at The Athletic, Chris Bryant said, The only time he was personally approached by the front office about signing an extension was during spring training in 2017. Nice job, guys. Nice job. First of all, why is Jed saying that on the radio? And he he ended up, I think it was the next day, he apologized. 
yeah, he he was frustrated. He kind of he kind he said he even said too much. His frustration got the best of him. Okay, he apologized. All right. But somebody's stretching the truth or whatever. Maybe they talked to agents about an extension, but Chris Bryant said he was not approached about he was only approached personally about an extension in spring training of 2017. Now, I'm not a math guy. There's a reason I majored in journalism and haven't taken a math class since my freshman year of college. Four and a half years that have gone by. That's not good. So it's been an interesting week for the Cubs. Daryl chimes in with more Twitter DMs here. With the Sox, you have to consider their record against winning teams, though the bullpen should be tough if their starters hold up. They got the best bullpen in baseball, Daryl. I am not afraid to say that. They have the best bullpen in baseball. Kopech, Kimbrell, Hendricks, 789. Yeah, best bullpen in baseball. Find me one better. Uh, and he also says, wow, a Garcia Parra reference. Yeah, I love, I love Noma. Uh, oh... Or that should be I. Was at his first game with the Cubs and asked him a question in the press conference. I never saw the dungeon more crowded that day. Boston media was there and Maddox was going for win 300 that game. Yeah, I love Noma. I have the jersey. I wear, I wear it all the time to work. And oh my God, I can always tell the the casual Cubs fans versus the Cubs fans who have been watching a while. Because I, I, I get one of two reactions. And it is, it is two reactions that I get. One is, wow, Garcia Parra, you got Noma on your jersey? And it's not Nomar, it's Noma. The other reaction I get is, hey, how do you pronounce that name on the back of your jersey? I got the same thing when I wore my Giannis t-shirt when the Bucks were in the finals. But yeah, I get, I get one of, it is no in between. I either get, you got Noma on your shirt, or how do you pronounce that? Actually, I think one time I had someone say it was made up. I think that was one time, and I might have dreamt it. I don't even remember. Cubs Sox tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. Yeah, I think the Sox are just going to complete the sweep, and the Cubs are the Cubs are on national TV, so they're not going to play well anyway. You know, I am... I don't even know who's pitching tonight. <laughs> I just thought about that. I don't know who's pitching tonight. Let's go on here. Oh, nice. A Dylan Cease revenge game. It's Dylan Cease versus Zach Davies. Awesome. Great. Cool. That's going to be fun. All right. Nine minutes left. Got some football I want to get to because this is the last show I'm going to do all year. Without a football game to talk about. Preseason starts Saturday. The Bears are playing a football game on Saturday. I can't wait. I've never been so excited for preseason football because now we're guaranteed to see Justin Fields play. Saturday's going to be fun. There's football back. Every show from here on out, we'll have football to talk about. It's almost time for the season. Week one is September 12th against the Rams. 
And I've seen videos. Shout out, shout out to Greg Braggs on Twitter. Greg's a, he's a great Twitter account, great Twitter follow. He's posting all these videos and pictures from training camp, and Justin Fields looks good. He looks really good. I still think he should not start week one or week two or week three. I would start in week four. But that's just me. We'll see what happens. I don't know. If he's looking as good as he is in training camp right now, I don't know if the Bears are going to have a choice. And not current Bears, but uh, Hall of Fame induction weekend was this weekend. And Jimbo Covert, finally, I don't I don't know how it took so long. Jimbo Covert is a Hall of Famer. It's about damn time. I don't know why it took so long, but congratulations to Jimbo Covert. And there's that picture on the Bears. They posted, I think it was all their social medias, their Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The picture of Jimbo and... Virginia McCaskey, when Jumbo's wearing the Hall of Fame jacket and he's sitting there talking to Mrs. McCaskey. That's just that's an awesome picture. If you haven't seen it, go go find it. It it is a wholesome picture. I loved it. Go find it. I'm I might retweet it. I'm surprised I haven't yet. But very it's a great picture. I cannot believe we're coming up on football. It, last night we were we were out. We were, we were talking about the Bears and something came up about Trubisky, and we so we're all joking that for our fantasy draft we're gonna wear Trubisky jerseys. And something came up about Trubisky and buying a jersey, and I stop and I go, "Hey guys, it's August. When's our fantasy draft?" So that's I'm looking forward to fantasy this year. Hopefully, I do better than last year. But I just can't wait to get excited about a Bears game again. You know, all last year, you know, they started strong, and then it seemed like every week I was coming on these airwaves and just lighting up the Bears. Hopefully I'm not doing that again. I still, I'm setting the bar at, I think I set the bar at eight wins max. You can see eight and nine, seven and ten. That is a weird mental block to get past, by the way. The fact that there's a 17-game schedule now. That's taking some getting used to. But I, my bar is 7 or 8 wins. And I'll do more season preview stuff in the next few weeks leading up to week 1. Because week 1's on Sunday Night Football. And maybe I'll finally bring a guest back on. Because I, I haven't had a guest in a while. So maybe I'll have a guest on to talk Bears and do some preview stuff. But I'm just, I'm just excited that there's going to be games to talk about now. I don't care if it's preseason. I just want to talk football. And there's only so much football I can talk about in the offseason. Like, it's all about, oh, how is this guy going to look? How is that guy going to look? How is he looking in training camp? I, c- I can only do so much of that. But yeah, starting starting next Sunday, we'll have games to talk about. And I I just can't wait to see Justin Fields play in a live game in a Bears uniform. I also can't wait for Nick Foles to finally get traded, by the way. You know, there's a lot of 
smoke out there about the Colts. And I, I didn't, so I, full disclosure, I, I didn't watch the video. But from what I gathered, did he just, did he like try to pitch himself to the Colts in that press conference? You know, he talked about Frank Reich. And I, I mean, I saw a couple of quotes. Did, did he try to pitch himself to Indianapolis because Carson Wentz is hurt? I know he talked about trades and not just wanting to go to any team. But I I got the impression that he sat up there at Hallis Hall behind the microphones and pitched himself to get traded to Indianapolis to the media. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I got the wrong impression there. But I, I can't wait for Nick Foles to be gone. There's no need for Nick Foles to be in that quarterback room. Considering you're paying that much money for a third stringer now because you've got your guy in Justin Fields, who's going to be your number one by the end of the year. So again, you got Cubs Sox tonight on Sunday Night Baseball. Dylan Cease versus Zach Davies. Are the White Sox favored tonight? They probably should be. If they're not, I'll be very surprised. Uh, the White Sox are the favorites tonight. Do with that what you will. I don't know how that game's going to go, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I think... I, I was half-joking when I said Dylan C's revenge game. We'll see. We're also going to be keeping an eye on that tampering investigation into the Bulls. You know, I keep saying my catchphrase is go Bears, go Bears. Like someone asked me about the Cubs, I say go Bears, whatever. I'm going to start saying go Bulls too. Like I am incredibly excited for the NBA this year. I'm excited for Bulls basketball for a change. The big question I still have, like we're this far, we're almost a week into free agency and Lowry Marketing is still a restricted free agent. Oh, hey. Ten minutes ago, Jordan, wow, Jordan Schultz at ESPN. I know someone named Jordan Schultz. Not related, by the way. Uh, he tweeted, the Hornets have emerged as a sleeper team interested in both forward Lowry Marketing per sources. Charlotte likes the idea of pairing the versatile Marketing with LaMelo in his two-man game. 24-year-old finished product averaged 17-6 and 26 starts last season. Marketing, who's a restricted free agent, believes he's worth well over the MLE, which is a mid-level exception. It's worth noting that the, an option for the Hornets would be a sign-and-trade. Oh, if they could pull off a sign-and-trade, that would be great. Uh, different tweet. Lowry Marketing has removed everything Bulls from his social media, as well as unfollowing the Bulls' official Instagram account. Oh, cool. That doesn't mean anything to me. What means something to me is that Charlotte, is Charlotte still in on Lowry even after getting Kelly Oubre? And is a sign-and-trade still a possibility? If you can, get a, if you can pull off a sign-and-trade for Lowry, do it. I mean, absolutely do it. I just didn't expect Charlotte to still be in on him after getting Kelly Oubre Jr. The NBA offseason, man. There, there is something about the NBA offseason. I know people don't like watching the NBA. I know the I like college I like watching college better, but I follow the NBA close. The offseason is free agency is one of a kind. I am out of time. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening again as we're celebrating the Bulls getting back to relevance. We'll have football talk next week. I just can't get over saying that. We're going to have football talk next week. It's going to be fun. I'm out of here. Stay safe, stay healthy. Get the vaccine when you can. I'll talk to you back here next Sunday, everyone. Have a great week.